0: This episode is brought to you by MDC Strategy. By the Hood has partnered with several other educators and investors to create MDC Strategy. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme or fake internet guru selling you dreams of wealth. This is a community of educators and investors who believe in the power of community and shared ideas. We share information about real estate, long-term stock investing, precious metals, options trading, cryptocurrency and much more for more information visit mdcstrategy.com this is not investment advice it's for educational and informational purposes only i don't care what your timeline is saying yo look at the data people are out here struggling right forget the facade that's your ig page or your threads or, or your twitter or whatever the data shows People are currently struggling in this country and the world abroad. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the, the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. I want to shout out all of the members of MDC Strategy, students from the Hood University, as well as the youth. From the buy the hood ownership camp, which is you know, and going on. We got to head to week three now. It's been amazing thus far. I got my partner, in Crown Me, Cor, what's up, good brother? What's really good, man? Every day is above grounds a good day, so let's go get it. Yes, sir. And as you know, um, this is our new look podcast, right? Where we just come on, we talk about issues that are happening in the world of finance and black wealth. Um, we try to keep these short, but we do want to have these conversations on a weekly basis so we can check in with our folks. Also talk about some of the interesting articles, observations that we're making in the world of finance. Um, the feedback has been amazing. A lot of people like the short form um, content because they can get the information and keep it moving. Um, we will be, however, doing some vetting before we bring guests on um, because we definitely want to make sure that we're not bringing on any Fugazi people. Um but you know, that'll be in the future. But right now, we're going to continue along with what we have. Um, but again, thank you to everybody that supports what we got going on today. Core, I have an interesting article. Man, um, for those that are watching the video, you'll see the article. For those that are listening, I will read a little bit of the article as I do so you can get the context. As and I'm also going to take a link to the article and I'll share that in the show notes as well as the description. So you can read the article if you want but this is about a harvard study that was done and the harvard study says why a record number of americans are struggling to pay rent so despite what your uh your timeline on ig or should i say threads now by the way follow us on threads we're at by the hood i'm at jw blueprint um, you know what i'm saying we all on threads i don't know if Core is on threads yet i doubt it but nope. you know we, we, we out there though so but with that being said though um regardless of what your timeline says the data shows that americans are struggling to pay rent Right. So um, this is by Rebecca Chen. Shout out to her. Um, You know, if you happen to be watching this, Rebecca, shout out to you. Uh, But this is a record number of American renters are spending at least one third of their income on rents. And that's according to the State of Nations Housing 2023, published by Harvard's Joint Center for Housing Studies. A total of twenty one point six million households now spend more than 30 percent. Now, listen to this, spend more than 30 percent of pre-tax income on rent. Some households are even paying up to 50% of earnings on apartments, right? And this is uh, per Harvard's research. So it says that tenants spend, um, housing experts suggest that people spend less than 30% of their income. So if you ever went through the situation where you're um, looking to buy a home, if you have a good agent, you know, cause all agents aren't um, equal, a lot of them will tell you to try to make uh, your payments about 30% of your income. Um, but people are spending more than 30% right now, just on rent, uh, which affects how they live their life, right? So the article goes on to say that housing costs remain well above pre-pandemic levels thanks to substantial increases over the last few years. On why, in large part due to the growth of so-called luxury buildings that have replaced less expensive options. In the last two decades, the share of construction for high-priced apartments, known as Class A, grew faster than more affordable ones. In fact, over half, 51%, of 2022 rental construction projects were luxury apartments. And that's data that comes from Moody's. Also, only 34% of the market uh, consisted of high-cost rental units back in 2000, right? So now, as you see, back then, only 30% of the market was uh, considered high-cost rental, and now they're building at a a clip that's higher than 50%. So um, this is some interesting stuff here. One part that I want to add, matter of fact, let me read a little bit more of this. I want to give more context. It says that if rent grows faster than your income every year, and healthcare expenses grow faster than your income every year. That squeeze just makes it very difficult in normal life, right? And that's uh Catherine McKay of the Aspen Institute says. So, you have people building Class A spaces, but there is a need for affordable housing, not just here in our local market. Because council is literally having hearings about the Class A office space, um, what Class A office space and needing class C office space and class C residential properties, because by the way, this is also happening in the office sector as well. Um, office buildings have their own unique situations going on outside of just class A versus class C um, in terms of the need for office space. But this is one of the arguments going on over there. But the, our council is talking about, uh, residentially speaking, let me go back to that. Residentially speaking, needing um, affordable housing, for lack of a better term. Let's it's just call it affordable housing, as opposed to going through the classes. But affordable housing is a big problem in every major city right now. But what's interesting about it, and the article talks about it, um, it says that may may not change anytime soon because many times fancy apartments are the only profitable option for developers, right? Supply and demand is always at work. The majority of construction costs go into purchasing the land, building materials and building permits. Adding nice finishes doesn't drive costs at a high level, but could demand more rent revenue. So, man, says a lot right there. That one sentence. That may not change anytime soon because many times fancy apartments are the only profitable option for developers. So we're in a space right now where people are paying more than 30% for their rent. They're struggling to pay rent. Everything else is going up around them. And this just leads to chaos long term. Core, what are your immediate thoughts upon hearing this information? And um, you know, what do you think can happen or will happen?
1: Uh, black people, women, poor people—in uh, that order—are hated in this country. Okay. Um, <laughs> n- nobody in this country is more hated than black people. People will do anything they can not to be black in this country. Mm -hmm. including black people um
0: (laughs) women and then poor people like no one cares about these people man if i I go with your line of thinking man imagine being a a a poor black woman you hit the trifecta you hit the, the, (laughs) the these cared about trifecta yeah right so um
1: it's it's um the numbers ain't numbering, you know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. the, So you got rising interest rates, which means housing is going to cost more. You got companies who are slashing employees left and right and, and lowering costs, right? Because everybody was looking to pay pay up when when um, labor was hard to get. But now that the, the economy is getting tighter, when the economy gets tighter, labor is actually easier to get. Because people are looking for you know, more people are looking for a job. Um, so you got lower paying jobs, higher cost housing, and you got poor people just getting squeezed, right? The poorer you are, the more you're gonna get squeezed. Yeah, and so what that what that tells me is that they don't give a damn about poor people. They're building these larger cities, they're trying to move these larger cities. Because there's infinitely more poor people than there are people that can afford this stuff. Mm -hmm. And what they'll do is they'll give it to you, whether you can afford it or not, and just keep you on the debt treadmill and just have you running on that debt treadmill forever.
0: Man, I want to stop you right there because that that right there, that point is an interesting point. So I I just want to give my perspective. I want to start off by saying this. I don't care what your timeline is saying, yo. Look at the data. People are out here struggling, right? Forget the facade that's your IG page or your threads or or your Twitter or whatever. The data shows people are currently struggling in this country and the world abroad. So I want to start with that. Now, after that, I want to say this, right? As I said, supply and demand is always at play here. If you're coming from the other angle as a developer, you kind of have no choice but to develop what's going to be able to pay. The real problem is this. The real problem is inflation and central banking. Right. And I know this is going to sound like a a, a rant of a Bitcoiner, but it's not really about Bitcoin in this specific instance, because the thing that makes Bitcoin um, powerful, in my opinion, is the fact that it's away from the central bankers. Right. Um, And this is why shout out to my brother Kamari. He gets uh, upset because I often criticize capitalism. But, you know, as the Honorable Isabel Wilkerson told us, we live in a cash system. And in the caste system under capitalism, you're going to have to have that bottom caste, right? Those poor people that Corey talks about or the women or the black. So you're going to have to have that in this caste system. And the fact of the matter is what you just said resonated with me because you talked about that treadmill. They want everybody running on that treadmill, right? I, I'm, I was thinking about this book right here that I'm reading, right? And, you know, I probably shouldn't show this because this got banned in a lot of places. But it's a book called The History of Central Banking, right? And now, let me, let me read something that it says on the back of this book because it reminded me of, uh, of this exact conversation. It talks about what's the biggest scam in the world. It says the scam of money lenders is the, abit- the ability to literally create money from nothing, then lend and accumulate interest on credit, and then relend that interest for further interest in perpetuity. That creates pervasive worldwide debt from the individual to the family, to the entire state. And when you think about our politicians and them, them and their money printers. Every time they print, it's going to have an effect. But sometimes we don't see it right away, but we see it later. When during the pandemic, when we was all, you know, um loving those checks coming and all that, everything. I can't, I can't
1: cool. lie, man. People was people was going to die. It, a lot no, of the population I'm of the world was going to die saying, I'm
0: not judging whether they did it in right. All I'm saying is. Um, in the words of uh brother Malcolm, the chickens are coming home to roost. Oh, whether sure. they had to, whether they had to or, or didn't have to, that's not what I'm not making a judgment on that. What I'm saying is
1: the, the
0: effects of it is coming, yeah. Whether we wanted it to or not. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But the fact of the matter is it didn't stop there. When we get when we give money to Ukraine or wherever it may be, like all you that can money. justify. So here's the thing: from a political standpoint, you can justify a lot of these things, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I'll, I'll say this, and, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, I'm sorry. No, it's
0: fine, it's fine. This is a conversation. Um, I, I'll say
1: this about what you're saying right now. Um It's the same as it's always been, but it's worse than it ever was, right? Okay. And, and, and here's why. It's because everything is digital now, right? It's easy to keep track of it. So not only is it happening, right, because before there were systems, but it was very hard to keep those systems um, in place without really killing people, but now mm-hmm. they got technology. They literally can track everything you do. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to get any better because when you when you talk about all of this, right, and and, mm-hmm. and, and just to move the conversation a little left, when mm-hmm. you put the, when you add the digital dollar to this, this is going to get disgustingly ugly mm-hmm. because you figure. We're having all these struggles, right? People are in ugly, de- ugly debt right now. Yes. Then you got uh, you know, we're gonna have a social system that's gonna be fully autonomous and fully computerized, which means there's gonna be no hearts and minds behind those screens when it when it comes time to get a loan, or when it comes time to do all of this, it's literally gonna be like a social credit score done autonomously. It's gonna get funky, ugly for, for poor people. Like, it's going to get disgustingly funky, ugly for poor people. And especially, like, your homeless class where, you know, a lot of your homeless class depend on you know, these live dollars to be, like, for example, I went to the store the other day and there's a homeless man that I give money to almost all the time because, you know, mm-hmm. I see black homeless people, I try to get them money. Yeah, But, I didn't have no dollars on. Me. I
0: yeah. was going to the store. I couldn't give them anything. No, I mean it's nothing you could do about it. Yeah, they're gonna have to start accepting it's, cash at. Like, it's, no it's, it's, my thing is I thought like
1: that triggered a thought in my head. Like, how many other people does this happen with
0: per day? Like, Bro, how many will, people like me per day don't carry cash? Like, I, I don't carry don't. it at all. Bro, I was so it's funny. They, I was I was in the car with my mother-in-law, I was taking her to um to the bank. She asked me to go to the bank. And I'm like, why? She said, she's old school. She said, I want to get some money out. I was like, what you need money for? She was like, just to have on me and I just need to have some money on me because I feel weird when I don't have cash in house. I'm like, what? And she was like, you
1: don't
0: have no cash. I was like, I start thinking, I was like, I may not have carried cash in like a decade at this point. Like, I mean, I just don't do it. It's almost like having a DVD. Like It's just like, you know, we're moving in the digital space, right? So our money's going to be digital. It only makes sense that our money is digital. Our books are digital. Um, You know, our movies, music is digital. Uh, Everything. So,
1: like, but this is what I'm saying, like, so to go along with this housing issue that we're Mm -hmm. having, and then, which is caused by a few things, but mainly interest rates, um, and its effect on builders and on um, people who are trying to to live in these places that are being built. Um, it's going to get, it's going to get disgusting. Listen, to
0: me, this all goes back to money printing. I'm going to tell you why, right? Because all those things you are said are affected by the same thing, right? So when you talk about um, the cost of goods and services going up, we know why that happens. And, that's your biggest cost as a developer when you're building something. Your co- like your costs, your materials and your labor, right? Yeah. That stuff costs more. So now on the flip side, you know if you're you're talking about especially building to rent, you have to recoup somehow. Which which, so when you what you're saying that right? So it brings us back
1: to how this country was founded, right? Mm-hmm. So the the, the people looking for cheap labor, like this country, uh. They gave the world the book on how to get cheap labor. I mean, now you're about to go a whole
0: different place, but I see where you're but, going.
1: So, but what I'm saying is, we're we're reverting back to the cheap, the need for cheap labor, right? Because if costs are high for us, costs the reason why costs are high for us because it costs are high for businesses that serve us, yeah. right? And so, with your two main costs being materials and labor, where are they going to cut costs? Yeah, and so. Materials is very hard to cut costs at because you're you're getting it from a supplier. Mm-hmm. And at some point, that supplier is paying higher costs to make or and produce it or to or manufacture it, no, or, it or whatever money. it is. Yeah, And then, which means the place to cut costs is that labor. So now you're talking about slashing jobs or or cutting what those jobs pay in an environment where. Things are getting progressively more, um, you know, hard. To, you know, like the prices are getting higher. Prices in an environment where prices are getting progressively higher. Yeah. So you're talking about people getting poorer and poorer every day. You see that gap building mm-hmm. between the salaries that are being paid and what it costs to live. We just did a pod where we were just talking about people were starting every month two thousand dollars a debt, not every year, every
0: month. Every month,
1: thousand dollars in debt. That's twenty five racks of debt a year.
0: Yeah, that's but, that keep, but, but that's why when you said what you said, I was like, maybe that's the plan all along. Keep people on that treadmill. Yeah, but on that so, treadmill. So, but at some point, they gotta let. They have to let the people off, or it's gonna be a mutiny. I was having a conversation with Jabbar. Shout out, to our brother Jabbar Fairweather. He's been on the pod before. I was having a conversation with him the other day, and he was in shock. Because he was trying to do a real estate deal and the dude that he was doing the deal with um didn't have a bank account. And he was like, he didn't understand that. I'm like, yo, I'm like, you do realize there's a lot of folks without bank accounts out here. For him, it just didn't make not it, it didn't make any sense that people out here. He was like, dude, literally works though. I'm like, okay. He said, dude cashes his check at the check cash in place, and that's how he lives his life. And he was like in total shock by that. I was like, how long was that check cash in place you're talking about? Been there? You said for years. I was like, you think how they survive for years? <laughs> like, like, you got to do that simple, simple thing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm like, this is this is a reality. But that keeps people in, right? In that 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 cash we're talking about. That's a huge problem too. But the point is, the point I'm making is, people around here really struggling. And I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell by by certain things, but when you t- start to peel back the layers, a lot of it is affected, literally. By the cost, like the cost of money. So your point about labor is an interesting point, because I don't see how you can even cut back on that at some point, because I don't know. It's just interesting. Well, cut, so they might
1: not cut the number of laborers. They'll just cut the the rate at what they paid them. Right. Because people want to still need jobs. Right. And so mm-hmm. now you got, you know, people who are working and, so, you know, it's going to go back to the days where they was trying to pay doctors. Like he was looking at, um, Google searches where they was paying doctorates thirteen dollars an hour,
0: Insane. you know what I mean? Insane.
1: Like they was asking for doctorate yeah. level, you know, university level studies. With somebody that, at, at a doctor level, you didn't put six to eight years of your life into this.
0: Yeah, there's um, you know, this, for the folks that like the books, there's another book. It's called uh how the other half banks, I think is by Mercer, Dr. Mercer Maradarana. I think that's the name, but it's by, it's called how the other half banks. In fact, if you go to our YouTube channel and look up our YouTube shorts, I did a short a book review on the book, but in that book, she kind of talks about some of these issues and, and she actually points to the check cash in place and its effect and how like that just trickles. Everything you talked about at the higher levels with the suppliers, with the, with the, the builders, all these things, all those costs end up trickling down. To who, the people, to you the talk consumer, right? Because
1: everything he, trickles down to consumer, and that's what a lot of people in this country don't understand. Most people don't understand that you're a consumer, right? Everybody in this country is a consumer. You are a you are a debt instrument. Yes. <laughs> you are a debt instrument, right? Humans are expensive, right? And you are an expensive debt instrument, mm-hmm. right? And so what happens is, is that as a consumer, if money costs
0: more, you're going to pay more. Yeah. So even like my fellow like landlords and and real estate folks, it's funny because I talked to a lot of them and they're just not making what they were making because there's only so far they can go up on their rent, but they without had, without getting rid of good tenants. Yeah, exactly. But they had never. But they, but what they're facing on the other side is an increase in taxes, an increase in insurance, and that's interesting because the reason your taxes are increased is because your property's worth more. So anytime your property becomes more valuable, you pay more taxes. But why is your property worth more? Your property is worth more because the money is trash. Again, it all goes back to money, printer, grow, burr. The reason that assets tend to inflate is because the dollar goes down. Corey yep. talks to our students every day, our, our students that trade. And the first thing you tell them to look at is what? The dollar the dollar right because the dollar will give you an indication of which way that you know i'm the not market moves move the thing
1: harder thing. money is to
0: get the yeah. harder
1: it is for the market to move in a, in a direction you know what i mean so this it's is
0: why this is why the study of land to me has always been the most important um and, and, and this is my opinion right i think it's the most important like you know thing in economics is land because of its effect on everything else because monetary you know, policy might be moving up there with land well that that's monetary policy is based on land right because when you talk about value and the production I think it's based on
1: people but i think but land is right next to it. all right so monetary my, monetary, oh. monetary policy is based on people because monetary policy is about uh debt and and how to either eliminate it or to you know like basically monetary policy is supposed to keep everything even like it's not suppo- like we're not supposed to be in debt or we're not supposed to have a surplus. Monetary policy is about keeping things at an even keel
0: So I've seen it. I've seen a debate. I've seen that debate. Right. So um I've seen it from a lot of economists. Um Adam Smith and the Wealth of Nations kind of talks about this. And now I'm getting in my real bag about it being about the people. But if you read Henry George, it's called Progress and Poverty. So there's four agents of production that create value in, 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 um, in our economy, which is land, labor, capital and entrepreneurship. Yep. Right. So when you have land, labor, capital and entrepreneurship slash management, because you could also be someone that's managing capital. But land, so you, when you look at those things, a lot of the value still flows back to the land. Right. So especially in, a, in an environment where we are having supercomputers being able to um, control some of the things that a human would do. And value is not based upon someone's labor in terms of what it takes to create something, right? So some people think that it's the people because their labor is what creates anything. And there's a there's a value in labor, right? But the value isn't in the labor. Let's just say, for argument's sake, you're, you're a person and your your labor, um, you know, the value of your labor takes, builds this phone. And that yep. value is $200. Is that the value because that's what your labor did?
1: No, it's the value because of the volume of people, supply and demand, basically.
0: Exactly. So value is actually what someone is willing to pay for your work, not what your work actually creates. What yep. someone is willing to pay for that. All that flows back to the land, though. And this is getting into a real deep, nerdy conversation. But but the point being, because I don't want to go off on a tangent because we want to keep these pods short. Well, but the, but the thing is-, is, that's not a tangent, though, because we're talking about the, the the value of
1: of of why these things are happening so this is not really a tangent this is really no it's not it's, it's not so so,
0: so 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 the but the debate between whether it's the people or the land right so i understand that debate but land right land is where it always flows back to because even with the people they still need what they still need that land um to to work to to, 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 do to live
1: off of and do all of do anything things.
0: yeah right and that's the thing about land so no matter and it's funny i was talking to a, a young brother today. Shout to our sister janice i was um I was talking to one of her sons um, because he was asking me some questions about finance. And um, one of the things I told him, though, we were talking about how things come in fast, right? Right now is AI. You know, um, there was the crypto. There was, you know, the blockchain. There was options trading. There is this. There is that. There is that. And one of the things I told him was I was like, that's what makes real estate the greatest because none of that even matters. Because if you are talking about um, whether you're a doctor and you work at a hospital, guess what? You need space to operate if you're a lawyer you need space to meet with your clients the idea of space doesn't change no matter what the current fad is that's trending on socials or in the culture land is land and i'll leave it at that but getting back to our original conversation um people paying more money for rent can be scary and all of these things trickle down and i guess to Corey's point the People at the very bottom are going to feel this the worst, like they, as they do with anything else. This system just isn't meant for poor people. So that's that's one of the things about this caste system that we live in. Um, but let's talk about this before we get out of here, Core. Um, we want to be solutions-based, we just don't want to come on here and um yeah <laughs> talk about the sky yeah. is every week. about what could be yeah, yeah, yeah. So what the average family watching this or listening to this podcast, what are your suggestions? of how they can weather this, prepare for what's coming, because you believe that things will be worse before they get better. Um, what, I don't what think are, they're getting
1: better. I just think things are just going to get progressively worse for, for poor people, because this country has shown over and over again they don't care about poor so people. So
0: how does someone prepare or or um, try to minimize uh, the effect of some of these um, things going on in the economy? What, what are your opinions? I personally would, you know,
1: if you're going, you got to work together. Like, for me, it all comes down to can you work together well enough to not get beat in the head with it, you know what I mean, like, it's just mm-hmm. it's crazy, like I don't know how to explain it, like, people don't like each other, right, mm-hmm. like fam- when you grow up, you want your own family your own space, and your you know what I mean,
0: like, people got trauma out here no, I get it. I mean, some of the people that you talk to won't even admit that there's a war going on. They don't even recognize what's going on around them because and I think that's condition, conditioning too. If I'm worried about paying my bills day to day, I don't have time to have these deep conversations or even think about... Like, what you're talking about Exactly, right? So my suggestion would be, um, really, we talk about investing, we talk about all these, um, these unique products, but I, I would think that it goes back to... Um, Learning how to live off the land. Learning how to live off the land and learning to save, right? Um, because we've moved into, uh, culturally speaking, moving to the space of everybody chasing a dollar and not recognizing, you know, the real value is in the land and people. Let's say both, my, my point and Corey's point. So it's why, I like, my, my new obsession on, on social media, which sounds crazy because I shouldn't be obsessing over anything on social media, but I love I love finding people that are, like, black farmers that are living off the land. It's like, the, you know, it's, funny. no, it, it is, though. That's my new thing. I love I love finding them And it's because there's a lot of them out there. And it's like, no, I, for sure. I, I love finding our people who are in non-traditional spaces. Like I was telling Toya this the other day. She sent me a page of this dude who's like a cowboy, He's a straight cowboy, but he's a brother. And it's the funniest, but also the most amazing thing to see. I love finding our people yeah. um, who are in just non-traditional spaces that you see our, that, that aren't represented well in, say, popular culture. I like seeing those folks. I want
1: to live in one of two places. I want to yeah. live next to people I like or away from everybody. Like yeah. I don't like it can't be I don't want no middle ground. I want to live, you know, like in a in a in a place where you know where you and my and Kamari and, and you know what I mean like we yeah, all people that have the same idea Yeah, I like can live near each other. Well, I want to live completely away from
0: everybody, Which but nobody way? talk to me and leave me alone. That has to be strategic. And I'm not even gonna get into a deeper conversation, but I've seen other cultures literally do that. I've seen other cultures go into a neighborhood, move into a neighborhood, and their family or friends overpay just to get into that neighborhood, but they've built literally a community that, like you know, they you know they the live. first
1: three things they build: a bank, school. <laughs> the first thing they build is a bank, a school and a place to work, like a business or something, I mean, a, 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 or or a place or, to worship. Or- a, it a place has, to worship that, that because, culture. because because culture because so culture could tie them together, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So
0: a bank, a school, or school or religious place. And as an aside, I'm not and talking if, about one culture. I've seen multiple cultures. No, too.
1: I'm not talking about one culture either. Yeah. I'm talking the about funny thing
0: different is, kinds of culture. I'm talking about right here in Philadelphia. I in, in man.
1: In, I the neighborhood I used to live in, I used to live right there near 47th and Chester and i watched these vietnamese people come they built a church a school and a in a bank they got a vietnamese bank around there mm-hmm. like they did all this in 5 years like they ain't, it ain't take them 50 years or 200 years <laughs> no. they did
0: this in 5 years but but that that's, that's working as a collective right that's working as a collective right and when i and, and it's not on a grand scale cuz sometimes people say collective you feel like you have to have everybody. You have to have this.
1: It's like 20 families.
0: And they're yeah. just like, no, this is what we're doing. So, I mean, you know, that could be a solution, too, is to find people that are on the same, um, have the same energy, same way of life as you. And you build with them, man. But it's an interesting conversation. I would love to hear um, you guys' feedback on what you think about um, the cost of rent, how high it's going, um, you know, where it is. And shout out to everybody listening or watching this because our pod dropped late today, but it is all good. We still got it out Wednesday. Um, we got a lot going on. Um, in terms of the camp and all that, but we appreciate the support. But give us your feedback. Let us know what you think about anything that we said about the economy, about rent, um, about these damn central bankers. Also, I'm going to show this book again in case anybody wants to get it. For those that are listening to the audio, Thank you. for those listening to the audio, I am showing a book. It's called the, A History of Central Banking and the Enslavement of Mankind, and it's by Stephen Midford Goodson. Stephen Midford Goodson is the author of this book. Um it's a crazy book. I I read it often. It's one of the, so I have several books that I just like go back to, like Creature from Jekyll Island, Bill Brother Bill, certain books that I like. I study the books because they're written a while ago, and you still watch the every, like, everything's still brother. yeah. So you watch it and say, damn,
1: like for me, this is why cast is a is a book that'll never
0: you could read that book a hundred times, you mm-hmm. know, never the information will never get old. As you can tell. If you've watched, listen to our podcast. That's one of our favorite books. We talk about certain books all the time, Powernomics. Like, we don't talk about the um, the uh, the quote unquote, I like to call the IG books, like the, the Richard, the Rich. We don't care about none of them purple books, F Bull. But Isabel Wilkerson's book, um, Bill Brother Build is another one, yeah. Leon Sullivan's book, Leon,
1: Leon Sullivan.
0: Creature oh, yeah. from Jekyll Island is another one. That book is nuts. But I think I'm adding this to the list because this the is history just of central banking. Because this is just about history. And matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you the one thing that it says in here, which is crazy. As when you talk about you talk about what's going on currently in uh in the news, um, and it's talking about history. But this is a history of banking in general. But it says that um, it says if history is compromised by falsifications and admissions which are frequently imposed by outsiders, then that civilization will decay and finally collapse. You know, it says that um, the most effective way to destroy people is to deny and obliterate their own understanding of history, right? We talk about certain schools trying to eliminate history, but they're talking about the true history of banking and why no one really talks about it. But you, but if you don't understand that, then some of the things that are in front of you, you won't understand. So, you know, it is what it is, man. And the the reason why I showed that book on here is called Urugu.
1: It's an African-centered critique of the European cultural experience and behavior. If you have not read Urugu, and you're going to take a while to read this. This book is like 800 pages.
0: It's like, nah, it's like 600 pages. You want your and peace, John? it's, It's 600 pages, but... It reminds me of a, a quote from Neely Fuller. He says that if you don't understand uh, white supremacy, then nothing else is going to make sense to you.
1: Nothing else makes sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you some ever of watch old the Neely Fuller of videos that I showed you some that I talked about? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm doing my analysis of some of his thoughts right now. Yo, um, my man. As, as compared to others. Right great people. scholar.
1: Him. And um, it's, it's a lot of them. But him. Yeah. And, and um, oh, my God. What was the, oh my God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. The, the, um, the psychologist, the African psychologist, the boy, uh, who Dr. Umar? No, I'm, man. Messing, with, I'm messing with you, bro. Shout I mean, Dr. Dr. Umar is nice, but, but I'm, we, we, I'm messing with you, bro. But who you talking I'm, about? I'm, I'm talking about, uh, um, the one who opened this school, got like eight books. Um, just passed man, away. It's, a,
0: it's so many of our folks. that No, they're, no, no. They're, I'm,
1: I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. I'll have the name next week when we talk. Yeah, um, yeah. But
0: And also, um, last thing before we get out of here, I want to say this, though. Um, The camp. Our camp is fly. Our camp is going on. Shout out to all the students in the camp. The MDC, our membership group, right, we're making drastic changes to it. So next time we do a pod, you'll hear more about some of those changes. Those drastic changes. Yeah, man. But it's, it's amazing, man. And shout out to all the folks in that group because we got a number of folks that in the group with us every day having conversations about finance, books, all that kind of stuff. So um, with that being said, though, uh, please leave us some feedback. Let us know what you think about anything we said this episode, specifically about the rent, because, you know, um, anytime we talk about anything um, involving macro or microeconomics, it just goes into a tangent because that's what we do but we're letting you in in our conversation in the
1: markets every day. So it's different when you in the markets every day and you see how much money and where money start and where it ends up. Like it's, it's a different, it's a different look at the world. Yeah. If you're not into the markets, right. It's like, it's like being, it's like watching um. As the world turns, except for these, is real companies and real people. Like it's like a soap opera. It's like a it's like a melodrama, stuff and nothing mellow about the drama. Like <laughs> real people getting smacked out here. Real people getting hurt. Like it's crazy out here. Like it's some it's some podcast that we could talk about. The business podcast that we could talk about. But the actual market, being in the market and seeing what these companies and how they function and what they do and how they do it. Like when you see that most of the most most of these companies is trash, and that they, they they don't make money,
0: like it'll it'll change your whole perspective on how you look at things. Everything, because that's how. And not to not to not to put down any of my fellow real estate investors, but I realize a lot of them are broke. They just got a ton of debt. Debt looks good until it don't. You know what I'm saying? You know. Um. So, man. I mean. To, to quote our brother Russell Hughes man he said that macroeconomics has the biggest impact on all markets yes. right and you know that goes into politics land and I'm not trying to go for another tirade so we're gonna get out of here yeah. everybody give us some feedback let us know what you think um follow us on all social platforms at violence child in our camp. Also, yeah, if you want to donate to the camp, because we have had we have had a lot of people that have sent donations. Anybody that do, donations, <laughs> anybody <Don't> that, sends, <laughs> that sends money uh, to dollar sign by the hood, it actually goes to the babies. What we do with any money that's donated is we give a stipend at the end of the camp to all the kids to start them on their journey of investing. Um, you know, we got about 60 kids this year. All dope. Yo, shout shout to our kids. I got a video today. We sent we sent some uh, kids out to do some um, field work for us. And actually, one of them actually got back with a video, so I'm looking forward to showing that during class this weekend. It's gonna be dope. <laughs> so with that being said, though, um, give us your feedback, show us love, follow us on Threads at By the Hood. But as we always say, it's not about how much money you make; it's about how much you keep. Game elevates. We'll see you guys in our next episode. Peace.